Welcome to the Hills Church Podcast. We hope that it helps you become a strong and passionate follower of Jesus Christ. For more information, you can head to our website at www.hillschurch.com.au. Enjoy this week's message. Thank you, church. Well, um, we are, like I said, we're going to continue our collection of talks through the book of 2 Timothy. And I've been having fun. Uh, in this amazing epistle. It's been really, really incredible, the things that we've been learning and pulling out of the text, and we're going to keep going through that. Like I said, I did have seven verses that I wanted to go today. If we do one, we'll do really well, because I do want to honour your time today, and we do want to get, uh, I guess, people out for Father's Day and lunch and all those kind of things. So um, it's just said before that what I'm going to preach today, I've learnt from walking with this man uh, for, for quite a few years now. And what I've learned from him is that we pass on the things that we value. It's a natural part of who we are. It seems to be ingrained in us. When we're passionate about something, we want to share it. We want people to know about it. We want it to go further than us. We want the, the next gen to be able to take it and run with it. And that's what I've learned from this man. You would know that if you live around the, the Yarra Ranger Shire in the hills, like so much of that zone is uh, marked out as green zone. It means you can't come in and develop on it because it's rare and it's precious and it needs to be protected for future generations as well. Uh, One of the things that I'm so thankful about, and it's a little bit raw today, but I love that I was raised in a house that supports Collingwood. And that was in here. It's a little bit, I had to, I put something up on my Instagram story last night, being at the 40, had to take it out because I got about 30 messages from Geelong supporters last night. So I had to quickly, uh, so just bear with me. Um, See, my grandfather, he emigrated from Greece in the 60s and uh, started working on a lot of the infrastructure around the railways, uh, kind of labouring, all that kind of stuff, especially around the Lilydale, Belgrave area. So he really built and was integral about maintaining a lot of those things. And he worked really hard during the week. And one thing that he always loved at the end of the week, no matter where Collingwood was playing, he would get there. And as soon as they had uh, their kid, who was my dad, he was just... Um, indoctrinated in the things of Collingwood. So he would like be obsessed about it. My dad is a fanatic Collingwood supporter. They tell the story about one day where my grandfather was taking my dad to Greek school, which is something that all good Greek boys had to do on Saturday. Uh, And my dad knew that my grandfather was going to Geelong to watch Collingwood. And so as my uh, grandfather dropped him off at Greek school, my dad was not happy cracking it. I, don't want to, I want to come to Geelong and watch Collingwood. What he ended up doing was breaking out of Greek school, jumped the fence, and before my grandfather got in the car to leave, he was running down the street saying, Dad, 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 take me to the footy, take me to the footy. So my grandfather, being the softy that he was, going, okay, don't worry about Greek school, let's go to Geelong and watch the pies. Um, I remember my first game. Uh, I was really young when I started going to the footy. Uh, I was so young that I remember the memory that I have of it was my mum would get a big Sharpie and write my phone number on my arm. And she would say, Evan, if you get lost, please don't go and find a Collingwood supporter. You either need to find a woman or a police officer. She'd go, knowing the character of some of the people. (laughs) And that is no word of a lie. And so I remember going to Victoria Park with my father being five years old, having this big Sharpie, and I was trained, if I got lost, to go find a police officer and go, can you call that number, please? I'm lost. Um, And that's something to this day, we don't do the Sharpie anymore, Um, but we still go to the footy together. We were there yesterday. It's still something that we enjoy together. Uh, When my son James was born, one of the first things I wanted to put him in was a Collingwood jumper, but apparently they have to be swaddled in blankets or something like that. Um, 
And uh, I'm looking forward to passing that on to him. Because we do pass on the things that we value. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is trying to get Timothy to see with his faith. I'm going to recap where we've been. Uh, We've been talking about this letter and there has been a major defection from Christianity in the city of Ephesus. And people who were once walking with the Lord have uh, since fallen away and they had Jesus and now they said, no, we don't need that anymore. Intense persecution from the Roman Empire. Uh, The Apostle Paul himself is pretty much on his last legs in terms of his earthly life. He knows that he's about to pass away. He knows he's probably going to be killed by Roman soldiers any day now so that there is a pressing sense of urgency that what Paul has entrusted to Timothy will then be passed on for future generations. Um, He wants that, he wants the baton to be passed and the task at hand is what he wants to outline here. I want to talk to you today and we're going to just start it today and we're going to really finish it next week about the cost of a spiritual inheritance. The cost of a spiritual inheritance. What Paul does for Timothy here is first outline the task at hand, what is required. Then he gives him the resources by which to get it done. And after that, he gives him the strategy. What is it going to look like for you to be someone who makes disciples of Jesus? Not only someone who sees people get saved and baptised, which is fantastic, but someone who is a part of someone's journey and seeing them grow in maturity in the things of God. That we would be a church that would not just grow by addition, but by multiplication because it's something that we all have, a mantle that we all have to carry, that we've been given something by God to pass on to other people. Amen. So let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at the first verse, first two verses, actually. It says, You then, my child, be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses in trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The first thing we need to get today is that we need to understand our place in God's story. If we can have that uh, verse back up, verse one to tell, one to two, uh, what we actually see in this one sentence is five generations. We see uh, Jesus who has been directly given the gospel to Paul in that incredible encounter. Paul has given it to Timothy. Timothy has been charged with giving it to someone else who then has been charged to give it to someone else. Five generations in one sentence, that's not bad. He says, you then my child. Now, I know that it's Father's Day. And yes, if you do have biological kids, that's a responsibility that we all have to raise them in Christ as these amazing faithful families have committed to doing today. But the question is, is Paul Timothy's biological father? No. Is the apostle lying then when he says, you then my child? No. Okay, let's remember that this letter is a long flow of thought. So it's not like he wrote it and finished chapter one and said, okay, take a break. Okay, now chapter two. No, it's a long flow of thought. Those chapters and verses were only put in a little bit later for our own reference, for our own convenience. So let's go back to chapter one and just get our bearings in what is happening here. Second Timothy, uh, chapter one, verse two to five. You, Timothy, my son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did. Now, Paul is not talking about his biological ancestors. He's actually throwing back to his Old Testament heritage, his Jewish heritage. He's talking about the fathers in the faith. 
who served God and who, because of their faithfulness and stewardship and incredible intentionality about bringing the message of God forward, that Paul has a place to play in this story of God. As my ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now also lives in you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, what you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. That word deposit, it means, directly means, is used of correct knowledge of the gospel to be held firmly and faithfully and to be conscientiously delivered unto others. That word for entrusting, Paul is saying that I have been entrusted with this and now he is entrusting Timothy to do the same. Paul is trying to get Timothy to see where he fits in the overarching story of the narrative of God. This incredible story that we all play a part in, in extending the kingdom of God by raising strong and passionate followers of Jesus Christ, to be able to individually and collectively participate in what God is doing in His redemptive plan for this world. He says it was in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice and now in him that Timothy actually has a place and a story and a part to play in this unfolding narrative. Do we know that we have a part to play in that narrative too? That we are here collectively and individually as a link in the chain of what God is doing in this world? That what God has given to us, He doesn't want to just keep for us. What God has done in you and through you, it's not just for you. It's to pass it on and to see the gospel and the message and the kingdom of God advance from generation to generation, from person to person, from faith to faith that the church of God would grow from strength to strength. How many of us know that our God is a generational God? How many of us know from Alpha to the Omega, from generation to generation, from first and to last, that He is the same? And we have got a responsibility as men and women of faith, no matter who we are. Paul wasn't Timothy's biological dad and his biological dad wasn't even in the picture. But he's assuming that role. That no matter who we are, no matter what upbringing we've had, no matter where we find ourselves, and this can be a difficult day, Father's Day, for so many, we have to know that we have a good father. We have to know that we have got good spiritual fathers in our house. And if you are in this place, you can be a good spiritual father and spiritual mother to someone else, regardless of where we have been or what we have been through. One of Jesus' most celebrated directives is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. His followers are called to be disciples in order to make disciples. Paul had lived out this pattern, making a disciple of Christ out of Timothy. It says, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 20, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, part one, and then teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
These words are some of the most significant and important in the whole Bible. These words are important as anything that we can find from cover to cover. And they're deliberately designed for us to see that at that point, one part of the story of God had concluded, but another part had begun. A part where we, as the community of faith, being the church, filled with the presence and the Spirit of God, would go out into our world and pass on and develop in people what God had first given to us. We have been entrusted with something special, something valuable and something precious. And the question is that who are we passing it on to? The way I kind of like to think about it is that we, and I know it's a bit crude and most preaching analogies are, but like a pipe. And that we are all kind of like pipes. And if you're asking, well, I don't, I don't know enough to disciple somebody. I don't know all the answers and I don't know the Bible well enough and I don't know this and that. I want to tell you, nothing can disqualify you from this call in the sense of where you are in your maturity. Because any single person who professes Christ and says, I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour can have a role to play. How do we do this? Firstly, we need to find somebody who is more mature than us. This is the model that we see from these guys. Find someone who is further along the journey than us. Secondly, we find someone who is not quite as far along the journey as us. And every single one of us have people in our life that fit on both sides of those things. And what we are called to do is operate kind of like a conduit, kind of like a pipe in between those two points, that we are receiving input and we are receiving growth and maturity and and nourishing and all of that from this person and then pouring it into the life of somebody else. And it doesn't matter who you are, It doesn't matter how long you've been in Christ. Every single person can participate in this incredible thing that we're called to do. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to be a part of someone's growth and maturity in the ways of Jesus. To see them grow in the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit. To see them walk in everything that God has for them. I was approached a few weeks ago um, by a guy who was running some discipleship programs in like a uh, kind of like a scouts kind of group. And he goes, oh, Eva, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I've been grabbing your Sunday stuff and just using it and the stuff that Pastor Nicholas been, and using it for the group. Do you mind? I'm thinking, do I mind? That's the whole point. Yeah, right. It's amazing Excellent. because I've only got it because someone put it into me. I've only got it because this man dug a well in my life and input it into that. So by all means, please, it would be an insult if you didn't use it. And this is what we're called to do. And we have promised that as we do, we will find strength in our soul. Now, 20 past 11, what we're going to do is I'm going to actually leave it there for today. We've talked about the task. We've talked about what we are called to do. What we have received, that we should be faithful stewards to entrust it unto others. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the resources that we need to make it happen. Namely, that it is the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Because it's a tough gig and it's not easy. And then we're going to talk about the strategy. So yeah, we're called to make disciples. Yeah, we're called to be filled with the Spirit and the grace of God. What does it look like? Well, you've got to be a little bit like a soldier, a little bit like an athlete, a little bit like a farmer. I'm going to come back and talk about what that means next week. Amen. Church, would you stand with me? 
Father, we thank You today for our place in Your narrative. We thank You, God, that You're here with us. We thank You for the wonderful privileges and blessings that we have. We thank You that we are here today because of the faithfulness and the stewardship and the diligence and intentionality of others. And we pray this week that as we go, You would help us identify where we fit in Your story. Who in our life can we be that conduit to in what we have received from You? Who can we pass it to? How can we pass it to them? Father, we pray that You would show that to us this week. And we pray that as we do, that You would equip us and empower us for every good work. We thank You that You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank You for Your church. We thank You for this wonderful time together today to worship You and to, albeit briefly, gather around Your Word. And Father, we look forward to the things coming, to Your hand that is so faithfully and purposely on our church. And to You, we give You all the praise, glory and honour. In Jesus' Name, Amen.